Let's begin now. All right. Let's rock and roll. I kind of sidetracked because now I really do kind of like want the Chiefs to win very badly because I really do want to entertain the idea of going with Pete to Atlanta. I don't think Pete says no. I'm a lot to deal with. 12 hours in the car, kind of insane, but I'd split the driving. I think like that's fair. Pete drives for six. I sleep for two. I drive for six. Pete sleeps for two. Although I'm probably one of those guys that's not going to let you sleep in the car with me uh, if I'm driving, just because I'm going to have music up and do all that kind of stuff. Just personal. Unicero, you're a wrestling fan. Omega or Rollins? Who do you take? Is it close? No, no. Uh, it's Omega. Always. It's it's not close. Like not, Rollins yeah. is great, but he's not Omega. He'll Nobody's be, Omega. He'll never be Omega. Like Omega's the only, like the Pat Mahomes of today's wrestling. Uh, I mean, I think Okada could. Okay. You could you could put him up there, but yeah, I'd I'd put Omega just slightly ahead. Nobody better in the game, in my opinion. Once, like, I think it's either you or another buddy of mine introduced me to him in New Japan. I like watched like two hours straight of just like YouTube videos. And I was like, this guy, I, I did tell you to watch yeah, him. That's right. Uh, it was a few years ago. Yeah. He, yeah, he could ball like, yeah. It, it, if there's, if you need a great match mm-hmm. in the industry right now, Omega's the one that can get it for you. doesn't matter who it is. He can get you a great match. It just seems like a Wednesday, like no matter if it's like a two weeks after a pay-per-view show, it's still like intense. It's still, everything's like, on the line, you think, you know, like, I get it. Like, you don't have to like the gimmick of wrestling, but it's still, like, it just seems like it's one of those things where, like, when he's in it, no matter how or whatever level of intensity you might have, like, you're going to be glued and locked in because it, it just, it sells, man. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the guy. Like, Okada's close on that, but I I give it to Omega. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is After Hours. Dusty Likens with you. Chris Unicero with you as well. It is playoff season officially. This is where the Chiefs games kind of feel a little bit more uh, intense. I know that it is cliche AF. Um, but I, I have to say this. It's just, I was talking to Pete about this on Arrowhead Pride Radio that you can check the, uh, you, can, you can go to the Arrowhead Pride website. You can go to uh, their, their Twitter handle at Arrowhead Pride. Um, you can go to Pete's Twitter tomorrow. You can go to my Twitter tomorrow. You can catch it all. You can go to, you know, odyssey.com, sixsports.com, whatever you want to do, find it, listen to it. But I think it's interesting about how, you know, this is very similar to what I would feel that, like, Dodgers, you know, those fans, KU basketball fans, Alabama football fans, Georgia football fans, you know, your team that is just consistently in the playoffs right? Your team that is consistently always there. This is where it starts to get a little bit more juicy. This is where you don't maybe watch the game and then sit back and go, well, they won, but this is one of those things where like it's, you know, phone goes on silent. If you have YouTube TV and there's a little bit of a delay, unless you're a sick, twisted weirdo and you got to know ahead of time and get everybody else pissed off and let them know. That's me. I don't tell anybody. I don't tell anybody. That's fine. I know. I, I, I see into the future. I feel like pick six, they might have some sort of read on you. 
No, like, no. I keep. I got a good Stone poker face, face man. Okay. I got. A, I knew, uh, the All thirteen right. seconds. I knew that they they got the the game tying field goal, Ugh. and I did not let it. Nobody knew. I knew. Just statue. Yeah, seriously. I was like, I'll wait until they do it on TV. And as soon as they did it on TV, we celebrated. I acted yeah. like I, it was the first time I I had seen it. And yeah, no. I I I got a good poker face. The only time I've ever been able to do that was. Uh, the Red Wedding episode in Game of Thrones because I read all the books because I was just bored in college and uh, thought it'd be a good idea and I got hooked and uh, I watched it with four or five people knowing what the episode was, knowing what was the outcome and I just, my my entertainment, maybe like you, my entertainment at that point wasn't watching the, the show, it was watching the reactions of everyone around me to see how they would react to what just happened. Oh, I didn't care about that. I just wanted to see it on TV. So I was like, okay, how'd they do it? You're and like, then, I know, but yeah. I don't know how they and did then, it. And then, you know, the throw to Tyreek, the throw to Kelsey. Oh, and then man. all of a sudden it's like, oh my God. Yeah, that, that's how they did it. And it's funny. Cause it was like, you just don't expect that to happen in that type of situation. So yeah. that's what made it even better. I had to see it very much. Are the chiefs, the stone cold of the NFL right now? Cause somebody texted the chiefs are going to break glass, arrive, raise hell and leave. Hopefully they don't have to leave. Hopefully they just play another game at home, um, which is a, what a lot of people are thinking is going to happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the Chiefs are, are that heel to be. I mean, I guess Stone Cold was never real. Well, he was at one point. Um, but either way, it's Trevor Lawrence versus Patrick Mahomes. That's where we can start off tonight on a Wednesday. Programming notes. Tomorrow you get the experts. You get Alex Cole when it comes to betting. You get uh, you get uh, big, uh, you know, big Jerome Tang after his big win last night. Uh, I like that guy. I like that guy a lot for K-State. You have that tomorrow night as well as Barber and Dane and Hughes with the players only. But tonight where we start this off, Wednesday night, after hours, Friday we'll be back. Saturday, special programming. I'll be on from 10 to noon. I'll lead you up until K-State takes over, and then you can switch over to 106.5 The Wolf and catch Mitch, Dane, and Josh Klingler. And then Sunday I'll be back on 9 to noon. But again, tonight, 7 to 9 as we continue this. Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes where we start this off. The two QBs. In this week of a playoff week, that is Chiefs versus Jags. And since week 11, which was the week that Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence fared off against each other and the Chiefs won 27 to 17, since that week, it's crazy how similar these two have been down the stretch. And in the last eight games, both quarterbacks have gone 7 and 1. Trevor Lawrence completion percentage is 66%. Patrick Mahomes is 67%. Trevor Lawrence's touchdowns interceptions, 16 to 6. Patrick Mahomes, 16 to 5. Both guys have been playing at an elite level. Combined, they're 14 and 2. Averaged out, they've got a 66, 67% completion percentage. And combined, they have 32 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Trevor Lawrence is arriving. He hasn't arrived. And Mahomes versus Trevor Lawrence in this matchup, in my opinion, is a battle of two top five quarterbacks. Now, I will listen to anybody's opinion to say that Lamar, Jalen Hurts, any of those guys deserve to be in. That's totally fine. But I'm saying as of right now in the NFL, if I'm taking five quarterbacks, my top five are Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. And I understand if you want to say, hey, it's, you know, I don't think you know, you're up to your opinion. And I do think a lot of those numbers can fluctuate throughout. But again, Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes both seem like the game has slowed down significantly for both. 
And the reason why I think this game is important between the two of them is because something similar happened to Trevor Lawrence that happened to Patrick Mahomes and that first AFC championship game that Patrick Mahomes played in. Now the divisional game that Patrick Mahomes played in against Indianapolis, that game just seemed like he knew the outcome was going to be chiefs on top. He seemed very loose, very fluid with the game, but as the intensity rose up, Patrick Mahomes and that AFC championship game, it got a little different, right? New England came out, kind of had him shook, had him guessing in different patterns, had him going different ways and other than he should have done. And then at halftime, he and Nagy and Andy Reid all kind of got together and it was like, hey man, here's the deal. You've got the talent to win this game. You're the kind of quarterback that can go out there and make everybody adjust to you. You know what this guy's trying to get you to do. Don't do it. Go with what your instinct tells you to do. And, Andy, and, and, uh, and Patrick Mahomes came out and was a different quarterback. The same thing you can say is the exact same thing that happened with Trevor Lawrence last week against the Chargers. Now, again, the Chargers, Chargers. There is no doubt in my mind that that didn't happen. Their head coach, who is still their head coach, completely confusing to me. We'll get into that a little bit later tonight. But the fact that Trevor Lawrence went out there after throwing four interceptions, like everyone that you know, except maybe a few, I swear to you, hand to the sky, I was one of them that said this game is far from being over when it was 27-0 at halftime. I promise you. If you don't believe me, you can go ask three of my friends. I can get you their numbers if you'd like. At Stewie McBrews, downtown Lee Summit, Saturday night, I said to myself, I said, this game is not over. And I didn't even have a voice. I was like whispering to my friends, hey, hey, this game's not over. And they're like, what? So this game's not over, you watch. And Trevor Lawrence in the second half became a top five quarterback. He is arriving into that role. The AFC South is soon to be controlled by, I believe, the Jaguars. Don't forget, they get Cal Ridley next year. So they'll have Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, and Cal Ridley on that offense next year. Led by Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, that team is only going to blossom better than they are. They're just not there yet, right? They're just not there quite yet. And this from Ben Fox at uh, BF or BFox22 on Twitter says, the Kansas City Chiefs enter this game minus eight and a half versus the Jags. The Chiefs will be the favorite in their 14th straight playoff game. That's the longest streak in the Super Bowl era per ESPN stats and info. Why is that? Because of who they have at head coach and quarterback. And that matchup that you will see throughout the playoffs will increasingly get better and better and closer and closer, but will never quite equal what is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson can be and will be probably a good little match or a good little combination for about the next five years or as long as Doug Peterson wants to be a head coach in the NFL. Right? I don't know how long he wants to do it. I know he's good at it. He's got a franchise quarterback that's probably going to win their division for the next four or five years. Probably going to stay pat for a while. But the thing about this is that the, that the Chiefs will always be favorites in their matchups as long as Patrick Mahomes is more elite than everyone else, and I think that's what it's going to be. So what this is is kind of a preview of Kings of the West versus the new Kings of the South. And if you don't think that the Jags are the new Kings of the South, then I think you're wrong. Because I think Tennessee's probably done. Ryan Tannehill's probably on his way out. Derrick Henry is not getting any younger. Mike Vrabel just lost all of his best friends. And Trevor Lawrence, like I said, is about a year away from arriving or being, being officially arrived to the spot of the top five class. I think that 
I don't know if we can like count on a team like the Jags to just like constantly dominate a division like that because like it is so hard to do like what the Chiefs are doing right now, what we've seen the uh the Patriots do back when they had Tom Brady and you had the combination with him and Belichick. I don't know if we're going to see that sort of ascension with the Jags because, like, dude, playing in the NFL is so hard. Winning over a long period is so hard. This Jags team is going to experience some sort of turnover. Like, I, I know, like, you guys talked about it during the uh, the AP radio show about how, like, Joe Burrow, you know, says, like, my window is as long as I'm playing football. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, Joe Burrow's about to get paid this offseason. And T. Higgins is going to be eligible as well to get paid. Maybe they wait a year or two. Well, they can't wait two years. But maybe they wait a year on him and pay him. Um, Jamar Chase is going to command big money. We know that these teams only probably have like, what, five, maybe six big contracts you can have on your roster. Outside of that, you got to start making some tough decisions and letting some guys go or trade guys or whatever. And and not all these teams are are have Andy Reid and Brett Veach who can just manage their roster. And not all these quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I don't know if we are going to see anyone else go out and withstand roster turnover the way that the Chiefs have this year. And, you know, we certainly expect there's going to be more in the near future because you do got guys on this team who are starting to age up a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm, I think we expect Chris Jones to get some sort of extension this offseason. I mean, they better. He's playing great. But we know he's not going to be here forever. Frank Clark, we don't know what's going to happen with him. But, like, if there's any team I trust to handle roster turnover, it's the Chiefs. Anywhere else, in the, in the especially in the AFC, I don't know. Because we know that there are times where teams start off well. We saw it with the Dolphins in the 80s. Really well early on in Dan Marino's career. As soon as he got paid, as soon as they had started making some decisions, that team started to go down in their performance because you can't pay everybody. So I wonder what's going to happen with the rest of the rosters there for like the Jags. Mm. And you already see it with the, with the Chargers. And the Chargers haven't had to pay Herbert yet. But they've already spent a bunch of money for agency and it didn't pay off. Right. So what are we going to see with the rest of these teams? I just think it's really hard for us to look at a lot of these other quarterbacks and think they're just going to ascend and reach that level that Mahomes is because what we've seen there is not just Mahomes, but it's also great roster creation from the coach and GM. And not every team is blessed to have a guy like Andy Reid and a guy like Brett Veach running the show. Right. I think the other thing that's, that's big that is similar for the South and the West is that the leaders of the West have the best quarterback in that division and the leaders in the South for, to me, at least the next three to four years. I don't think they're going to go off and win seven in a row. I think that's where you get into the whole GM head coach thing. But I think where you look at head coach quarterback and you look at their division, um, Houston, they're getting ready to draft a rookie quarterback. We'll find out if that works out or not. I mean, Alabama quarterbacks, eh, if they get him. I don't know if they do. I think whoever trades with Chicago is getting him. Or if they get C.J. Stroud or if they get they – could. They, I think it's probably you know, more likely they get Stroud. Or they get the kid from Kentucky. Is it Levis? Is that his name? Levis. Levis. Um, they get one of those two guys. We don't know, but then Tennessee is clearly their window is shut and done and over with. So that's, that's gone. Um, and then you look at, uh, you know, Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee, and, and Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville for the next three to five years 
head coach, quarterback. They don't have to pay Trevor Lawrence for another two. Although, if he has a decent year next year, extension talks are coming. Oh, he's getting an extension. And they've already paid Christian Kirk. They've already paid Zay Jones. And they're they basically already picked up Cal Ridley's contract. So there's really nothing they have off the books except for another three years. The defense is the only thing they're going to have to worry about if Josh Allen wants to get paid, which I don't know if he gets top dollar D in money. Maybe he, he does. Maybe he does. I know he was sought after a free agency, and the Jags were like, we're absolutely not trading him whatsoever. We are. We're getting two first rounds for him. They might not be able to pay him. And that's the only thing. They might not be able to And pay I him. think the reason why they might be good for the future is just because of the surrounding talent within their division, just like the Chiefs. Like, And we'll get into it in a little bit later on tonight on After Hours, but I think that you look at this situation, this is the up-and-coming Jags. This is just where I think that their time stops. I think their future is bright. I think that their time is is coming. But you're playing the big daddies, man. You're going to find out why you're not quite welcome or getting the invite to the big daddy table at the casino because you're going to get there and you're going to realize, like, hey, this is a lot different than what the regular season game was. In my personal opinion, I think that that's where uh, all of this is. And a reason for that is because Andy off a bye is impressive, but also these two stats as well stick out as to why the Chiefs are always good. This coming up next on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back in on After Hours here on 610 Sports Radio. I now know why Luca and having him as an individual parlay is just not worth it. Because he's absolutely lighting it up right now. 19 points, of course. He's part of a three-player parlay that I have on a par Wednesday that we always do where I get stupid and goofy and, 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 and dumb. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, on a Wednesday night, nasty day. Great. By the way, Chris, great soup and grilled cheese night. And I feel like you're anti grilled cheese. I don't know why. Well, why would, yeah. Why would you feel? I don't like know. That? I, so <laughs> I'm so anti I t- soup and grilled cheese, but I love grilled cheese and you hate soup. No matter what. I don't hate soup. It's just mm-hmm. like, I there's, I'm not mixing the soup with mm. the grilled cheese. I like to dip. No, I don't do that. Oh man. Uh, what are your top three soups? Do you have three? Uh, I know this is on the spot question. It's very on the spot. I'm not like a big soup guy, so yeah. I I can't off the top of my head think of you know like, like okay. So I'll give you my three, and maybe it'll help you decide. My top three would be broccoli cheddar soup, tortilla soup, baked potato soup. Okay, none of those. Okay, um, those are staples. Taco soup is good. I like taco soup. Okay, similar to tortilla soup. Um, if you're at pizza soup. Is that like kind of similar to minestrone? I I don't know what. What's pizza soup? What like pepperonis is. and meatballs and marinara sauce? Yeah, or like whatever you want, marinara sauce and cheese and it's, yeah. it's it's cool. Like mushrooms, like it's cool. I had it on on uh, on Sunday. My girlfriend made it mm. and it's cool. It's cool. I mean, it's not like a it's not like a I want to eat it all the time, but like yeah, you know, every now and then I'll eat it. Yeah. I don't know if there's another soup. <laughs> Like chicken, noodle not soup. A, chicken noodle soup. Like the good. homemade yeah, kind homemade or the Campbell's soup. soup. The Campbell's stuff is good, too. Um, it just always reminds me when I'm sick. Yeah, My mom like, would always make I, that I and give me eat, saltines. I only eat it when I'm sick. Yeah, But, like, yeah, homemade chicken soup is good. My, uh, you knew I was sick as a dog 
when there was a TV tray at the end of my bed that had a bowl of Campbell's chicken noodle soup, uh, a Gatorade, and a sleeve of saltine crackers. That's how I knew I was sick. I didn't do the saltines, but yeah, we did the the soup and Gatorade did, or Pedialyte yeah. or some sort of electrolyte. Even, we did water. We didn't. We didn't keep sugary drinks in the house. Yeah, my uh, my my parents weren't about that. So yeah, it was just water. Yeah, we didn't no just... no, it was milk. It was milk. Ugh. That's what it was. Yeah, it was sick, milk. and you're drinking milk. Yeah, milk was good. I like milk. Ugh. I drink almond milk. I don't drink milk. I don't like almond. I don't like any except for the regular milk. Ugh. That's it. I don't know about all that. Uh. As true as the North Stars, Andy Reid versus his fellow comrades or his his students of his classroom, uh, Andy Reid is twenty four and eight when he faces his former assistants or members of his coaching tree. Um, quarterback coaches obviously fall underneath that, but he's also four and zero against them in the playoffs. Now I'm not a hundred percent of what his record is after the bye. I know it's something like weird, like twenty one and two or three, something weird like that. But I know that against his opposing coaches, he's 24 and 8 overall, 4 and 0 in the playoffs. We enter a game this Sunday where it is Andy versus Dougie P. Last time Peterson did the onside kick to start the game, everyone kind of was like, Are you serious? Like, is that really how he's going to do this? Like, this is what we're going to have to start the game. And I think that Andy Reid knows going into this game now that Doug Peterson is probably going to do something cheeky. Something funny, something goofy, go for it right out of the shoot, fourth and four, you know, ball on the 50-yard line. Doug Peters is going to do whatever he can to kind of push Andy Reid because, to be fair in this conversation, Andy Reid and Doug Peterson both know what the other one is trying to accomplish in this game. They've each got their own gadgets and their own sort of wittiness when it comes to this type of thing. And the other part about this is that Both of them understand each other and what the other one wants to do. Doug Peterson probably knows Andy Reid, in my opinion, better than any coach in the NFL. I truly do believe that. Um, Doug Peterson's been with him in the Super Bowl run in Green Bay. Doug Peterson was with him, um, you know, kind of in the early sets of the Chiefs thing. He was his first offensive coordinator, goes to Philadelphia, wins the Super Bowl. We know that whole story. So Doug Peterson is going to, once again, try to do something to get Andy Reid a little shook. When and how that happens, I don't know. But Andy Reid also has the clout and the know-with-all that he is better than Doug Peterson. Andy Reid, a very humble person, unless he plays the Raiders or the Chargers, which is fine. But again, Andy Reid knows that something's coming. I think he knew that Doug Peterson was going to do something against the Chiefs with that onside kick. It led to a punt. And... I think when you look at what Andy Reid has got in store for Doug Peterson, a lot of people have asked, and the question that I've seen a lot, Chris, is can Andy Reid finally put his foot on the throat of someone if they're ahead of them? I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think how that's going to happen is that Mahomes is just going to score every time he gets the ball, and it's going to assume that that's what happened. And this is a game in which I think the Chiefs take the number one offense or number two scoring offense, however you want to look at this. To me, the Chiefs have the overall, when it comes to all the stats combined, of importance, the Chiefs are the best offense in the NFL, and they go up against a 18th, 19th, 20th ranked defense, and the advantage seems to be there as well. You look at quarterback versus quarterback, the advantage is substantially towards the Chiefs. You look at head coach versus head coach, it's not as big as a gap as it is from quarterback to quarterback, but there is a gap between head coach when it comes to Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, and I think 
There are a few punches that will be landed by Doug Peterson, but it is up to Andy Reid to absorb those punches that Doug Peterson throws. Uh, one of the big things, I was at that game, and one of the things you notice, and you, you know, if you know, if you know the game, you know this. Whenever you are a lesser talented team playing against the team that has kind of set the bar for mm-hmm. your sport, you kind of have to find ways to steal points, steal possessions, to to kind of be over aggressive in a sense to try and and get the jump on the opponent. And I laughed when they when they opened with that onside because I was like, you know, like that's exactly what you got to do when you're the Jaguars and you're facing off against the Chiefs. You know, you got to go out there and try to steal some possession. So it was an ingenious move. Um, and and ultimately, the talent of the Chiefs prevailed. The one thing I, I will say, though, Andy's coached this season really, really conservatively. He has not been as quite as aggressive. He has played for field goals instead of going for touchdowns in moments where we're like, dude, you should be going for the touchdown. He has decided to not go for it on fourth and short at times. And I, I just feel like you can kind of look at this season and it doesn't feel like Andy is like being as aggressive as he was in previous years. And maybe he's worried about the youth on this team and not quite trusting them that. Cause you know, Andy's a very, he's very much a trust guy. Mm. He's got to trust you if he's going to go out there and, and, and take advantage of those situations. Um, but I feel like this is going to have to be a game where Andy gets back into the style of coaching. We've seen him do with Mahomes, which is to be aggressive because mm. this is the playoffs now. And like, I know the I know the Jags like barely made the playoffs and whatnot. And you know, they, the chiefs already beat them and they really didn't play that good when they beat them. They play like their C game and they beat them by 10 points, mm-hmm. but this is a different Jags team than you played. They don't care. Now they want a playoff game. They made the playoffs. They want a playoff game. I'm sure for them, just making the playoffs was the goal. Mm-hmm. I know they'll tell you, yeah, we want to win the Super Bowl. They didn't think they were going to win the damn Super They didn't think they were going to make the Super Bowl. Right. They were just hoping to get to the playoffs, get to the dance. They've done that now, and then they've now pulled off one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. Now, for them, it's about seeing how far you can take this. For the Chiefs, on the other hand, though, for the Chiefs, it is about keeping up the standard that you've set the last few years. So there's all, all the pressures on the chiefs right now. Jags don't have any pressure right now. They're playing with house money. Mm-hmm. They know that Peterson knows that chiefs know that. And I, I, I like how the chiefs have approached it this week. Cause they've told everybody, Hey, we're taking them seriously. They're a good team. We played them before. I expect the Jags to pull out all the stops. Maybe not like the, you know, trick, you know, the surprise onside or anything, but I expect them to be a little bit more aggressive, fourth and short, especially if it's midfield. I expect them to try to go for it. Mm. And I hope the Chiefs return their aggressiveness with aggressiveness of their own because they're going to have to have that mindset the rest of the playoffs. Because regardless of who they – if they win on Saturday, regardless of whoever they play, they lost to either team that they could face in the championship game. And then in the Super Bowl, you know, football's football. And you got good teams coming out the NFC. So you're going to have to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I hope we see that from Andy. Because if he's really conservative and putting it on the leg of Harrison Butker or trusting his defense too much instead of going for it and trying to get points, 
we could see the Chiefs lose on Saturday. The other thing you can't do is make comments like this. In the NFL, I mean, obviously the environment and the atmosphere we're going to play in is one of, if not the best in the NFL. I mean, I can't imagine it'll be much louder than our fans were here on Saturday, honestly, but that was when we were on defense, not offense. So you, you, we played there earlier in the year, but this is a little bit different. You know, it's a playoff game, divisional round. The difference is, you know, you, you win and you keep going, you lose and you're done. So there's that, there's that sense of urgency of just, I mean, I don't want to say it this way, but just the desperation of doing everything you can to win the game, and you feel that on both sides of the ball. And that's, it's that way in the regular season too, but it's just – another level just because everybody knows you know this is especially now we're in the divisional round we're getting deeper and deeper in this thing people know what's on the line and you just i mean guys just willing to do whatever it takes to win i just sometimes you just you say stuff you shouldn't say because all you had to do trevor lawrence was give these fans a shot in the arm and now you're gonna get it now they're gonna be loud it's a 3 30 start nobody's gotta get up at 6 a.m you can get up at a nice decent time and get to arrowhead and tailgate Get in there, get loose by noon, get into the stadium by two, and by then you're going to hear it, man. It's going to be a little bit louder in Jacksonville. And it could be the last time they get to go to Arrowhead for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, don't do that. And one thing that that's going to affect is the defense, and I think this defense is ready for this playoff run more confident than I've ever been in my entire life in the Mahomes era. That, and I'll explain why, next on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back in on After Hours, Dusty Likens with you, Chris Nacero as well. This James Palmer from NFL Network earlier today with Jeff Chidea about the Chiefs defense. Jeff, you mentioned the growth specifically of the young players. I look at that secondary, right? That's one we've really had our eye on throughout the course of this season. You look away defensively, they played down these last five games. Eight turnovers forced in the last five games. The most number of passing yards over the last five games they've given up is 214. And that group really felt like they were hitting their stride in December when they could not just have trust in themselves, but started trusting the other players around them. It's a lot of new pieces. Justin Reed's kind of the veteran back there, but he comes over and it's a new system for him as well. So that whole group finding their groove down the stretch is something that has stood out to Steve Spagnuolo, something that stood out to Andy Reed as well, who just about an hour ago said, what I've learned most about that group is their angles are better in terms of what they're taking, Andrew, later in the season. Their hands are on footballs. They're understanding the speed of the game. Now those young players have to understand that the speed of the game takes another step in the postseason. That's what they need from their young secondary. So my question tonight, 913-586-7610 is, how confident are you in this defense in the playoffs? Have you seen enough? Or like the message that we're kind of continuing to carry on for the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence is the playoffs take a little bit of another gear towards intensifying when it comes to game, speed, knowledge, where to be, how to be. And I think the reason, well, I think one of the reasons the Chiefs struggled kind of against this offense last time they played because Christian Kirk had nine for 105 and two touchdowns and Zay Jones had eight for 68. But one thing that this team did a really, really good job against Jacksonville last time they played was the interior defensive line, which is led by Chris Jones, did a really good job at stopping their run game. Their run game last time that they played in week 11 was shut down. They had 15 attempts between Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, excuse me, for a total of 72 yards. 
that's fantastic. Now, why I think that the, the Chargers struggled is because they just attacked the interior defensive line from the Los Angeles Chargers, and Jacksonville won that battle down the stretch, wore out the middle of their field, and then their receivers, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, were able to do whatever the hell they wanted the rest of the game. Trevor Lawrence also is kind of a sneaky dude. He's tall. He's weird. He looks like a combination of Marilyn Manson and Macaulay Culkin. It's weird if you look at it and look at the two other pictures of the other two guys. You can kind of see it nowadays, Macaulay Culkin. Like, Joe Burrow looks like the fun one that you would have hung out with doing Home Alone, and Trevor Lawrence looks like the one that did, like, what, like the like 500 Days of Summer or whatever movie it was. I don't know. Either way, but you look at Jacksonville and you look at where they can struggle, and that is where our defensive line, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, can really take over a game. Because Chris Jones and Colin Saunders, who have been a great tandem all year, have really opened the door for guys like Carlos Dunlap, guys like George Karloftis, who has really taken off in his last eight games, and guys like Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and Leo Chenault, who can really kind of disguise what they're doing. Nick Bolton has made it very evidently clear that the middle of the field is his. For 10 yards, it's his area. Don't touch it. Don't come around it. He's like that dog that barks at everything that goes by your street. Willie Gay seems to be very, very athletic on the outside, which is where the Chiefs have struggled in previous playoff games. Chris Jones has to get a sack in this game. Chris Jones has zero career playoff sacks. The time has to come now, right? And the way that this defensive interior lineman can be, they can really take over a game into where a team has to start adjusting to the middle of that D-line and letting the outside kind of go one-on-one. If you're going to let guys on the outside go one-on-one, you're going to lose to guys like a Karloftis, like a Dunlap, guys that have been there this down the stretch. The only question I have is, is the playoff picture a little too bright for these guys? I think the way Spags coaches, I can't see that happening because I'm more comfortable with this defense in this playoff situation under the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era than I've ever been. And I'm more comfortable with this defense than I was in 19 when they won it, when they added Tyron Matthew. Personal opinion. So I think it's just more so the defensive line as a whole. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see what Carl Loftus does in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's turned it on here at the end of the season. Usually don't see that from rookies. Usually no. it's early in the season. Yeah, it's and like then a they kind of pop and then a fizzle. Yeah. And then they, they hit a wall. Um, it's been very much the opposite for Carl Loftus. And that's actually really encouraging because uh, he's never played this many games in a season in his life. Yeah. So that's really awesome to see that, you know, as he got along, once he got to like, you know, mid November, all of a sudden it just clicked. And not only was he guy the, like one of the leading pressure getters in the league off the edge. Now he was getting sags. So like, I, I was really, really impressed with, uh, with what I saw from him. Um, I think, the, the thing that doesn't really kind of cause me any concern with the defense is the fact that like you look at the, at, at, like the key playmakers here, mm-hmm. they're all veterans. Like Karloftis is the only young guy on their defensive line. Every other guy there has been here for, for a minute. You know, Chris Jones is, uh, you know, he's been, you know, he's been with this team since what? 2016. Yeah. Um, he's what? 29. Yeah. I think it's 29. Yeah. Uh, you know, Frank Clark's in his thirties. You know, that's a guy that, that has been around the block. You know, he's been around, he's about to surpass uh, Reggie white for most playoff sacks. If he gets two, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really impressive. You know, Carlos Dunlap has been around for a long time and Carlos Dunlap was, he played, he played with Tim Tebow in Florida. Jeez. So he's been there for a long time. You've got a lot of veterans there and 
one of the things that really impressed me about this team is that they haven't, they've been able to do some more exotic blitzes and they've been able to kind of set themselves up for success in the playoffs because you don't have to play Legere Sneed in the nickel anymore because he, he now he's shadowing top receivers. So now Trent McDuffie has assumed that slot role, that nickelback role for the Chiefs in their in their sets, which means now he's a danger to blitz and they can disguise things now. Like maybe they do send Sneed on a blitz and it's less predictable because he's not always lined up in the slot. There's just so many things they can do now. And they can also just drop back and send for it and they can generate pressure. And at the very minimum, they're going to try to make a swipe at the ball when it's out of the quarterback's hands. Yeah. And they're very good at it. I don't, I seriously, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a team this good at batting balls down in the, uh, in, you know, just outside the pocket. I feel like they're coming on at the right time that they're going to take a lot of pressure off of those young corners that they have. Mm. So to me, I think the defense is putting themselves, obviously they're going to have to finish last year. We thought that, you know, they, they were a great pressure team, but they didn't finish. Didn't go out there and get the sacks they needed against burrow and against Josh Allen. If these guys can go out there and finish the way that, that they have been the last month and a half, Mm -hmm. they could be a group that this team can rely on during this run and it'll take so much pressure off of Mahomes. Oh, like, yeah. Think about that, like, especially because they've been forcing turnovers. Oh, I see the grin on your face, how yeah. it could be a lot they better They could for be Mahomes. forcing turn. If you're able to force turnovers, because yeah. we know that the problem with the Chiefs right now, turnovers, biggest problem they have. Yeah, they did it against the Raiders. Look what happened. Yeah, Domination. Happened. Yeah, like you saw it. No turnovers. All of a sudden, you just destroy a team. Right. Um, if they don't do that and they force turnovers on the, on their defensive end, all of a sudden now, this season, this this looks like a really solid playoff run and a really good chance to win another championship. Right. I do think that if Trevor Lawrence tries to give the Chiefs four interceptions in the first half, he will not come back from that. Oh, no. There's no – not This Mahomes. isn't Brandon Staley and, no. and Co. on the other side. No. Uh, this, this, this isn't this – is, this team is too well coached yeah. for that to happen. And you got Patrick Mahomes. Like – that's not going to happen. I also time. feel like it would be probably 35 nothing, not 27. I think the Chiefs probably would have taken advantage at least a little bit more than the Chargers did. The, the biggest thing for the Chiefs is that they don't they're, – they're not a team that gives up – that has given up as many big plays right. as teams like the Chargers do. And yeah. that's probably the biggest difference. Like, you have to give up a lot of big plays for that comeback to happen. Speaking of big plays, there'll be a lot of big plays this week. And we come back, we talk about Bills, Bengals, we talk about – We talk about uh, Philadelphia versus the Giants and also Dallas versus San Fran. All that next year on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Cody and Gold, weekdays starting at 10 on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. That might have been the fastest hour of radio of my life. Not kidding. I know every Wednesday I'm always like, this show goes by so fast. I'm not kidding. This That was a fast 50 minutes. And I've had a lot of fast 50 minutes. That was a very, very fast 50 minutes. I don't even know what that means. I've had a lot of fast 50 minutes. I couldn't even tell you how many 50 minutes I've had in increments of things in 50 minutes. There's a lot of ways that could go. That is very true. But we're professionals. Um... I mean, in the in the technical sense, yeah, we are professional. We get paid to do this, yeah. From the three one six, I think that's the three one six. Yep. From the from the three, from the three one six, did somebody say Nickelback? 
I know what music you have to play out of break. Not a chance. No, we're not playing that crap. Not a chance. Side note, our boss, huge Nickelback fan. Did is you know he, that? Did he? you not know that? I know I know Taylor Swift. I didn't know Nickelback. I dig T-Swift. I thought it was awesome she was in London with the 1975 this past weekend, and I'm dying to hear her rendition of The City. I, I did see that. Yeah. I didn't, like, see anything else about it, but I saw that. that like, if somebody gave me a ticket or someone charged me, like, half of what she priced at uh, Arrowhead this summer, I'd go see T-Swift. She seems like one of those people that have, like, Beyonce or like back in the day, like Mariah Carey or Celine Dion was in town. Like you definitely just go see to see, you know, enough songs to know that you, you, you'd kind of bob your head a couple times, but like, do you, do you know enough songs of T Swift? Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, you know, you know, all the hits. Uh, I don't know them like word for word, but I'd know it. Like if the beat started, I'd be like, Oh, this is 22. Oh, I know. I know or this, this is, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'd be okay with it. You know, a little booze, a little fun. Like, you, you know, I don't think there's really much, much sad. The only thing I don't like about T Swift, she goes really hard on my guy John Mayer, and John Mayer is like one of my top dudes. Yeah, I like John Mayer. He's and the really song good. "Dear John" by T Swift is a straight shot at T Swift, which I feel like if Pat Mahomes really wanted to write some songs about people that had pissed him off in the past, similar playlist. They'd you know, all just be like, "You could have had this, you had this, but you didn't want it." Like all this type of stuff. You know, I don't think John Mayer's fretting about that. Not a chance. That man's a playboy. Like, Big time. He, he don't care. Yeah. That man has had plenty of adventures in his lifetime. I don't think he's sweating the Taylor Swift train. He had it. He was like, okay, I'm, I've had enough. She going to write a song about me. That's cool. I'll move on to this new chick. The only guy that's probably like very annoyed is probably Jake Gyllenhaal. Because uh, all too well, the 10 minute song that's about him. And it basically just says that like they broke up. You were older than me, but you're still obsessed with me to this day. And that hurts, man. Like that's a, that's a knife to your soul, bro. I mean, I think Calvin Harris, wasn't he with her? I mean, I'm sure, man. I'm sure that hurt too. Now she dates a guy from London. Hence why she was in London and why she played with Maddie. Plus there's the connection that Jack Antonoff has, which he did the 1975 album. And he did Taylor Swift's album yeah, that she just came yeah. out with midnight's. I just feel like she's iconic enough to where like I'd be okay to go and be like, yeah, I paid a hundred bucks for that concert. Yeah, I'm pretty picky about who I'm gonna go see. So like, Especially I gotta if, know like, some songs. Could you imagine like the 1975 <laughs> came out on her show? I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna zone in for these ten, and then you all just have your time. Oh, I mean, as soon as 1975 finished their set, I'm gone. Okay, <laughs> like, fair enough. I'm um, like, uh, good job, Maddie. Uh, I'll see you next time you come into town. No, yeah. We're good. Uh, text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Batman's in and out. Uh, he's the signal's out. Uh, all four teams in the NFC are potent and dangerous. Ugh, I don't think Dallas is potent and dangerous. I think Dallas had a really good match. I don't think the Giants are. I like the Giants because I, I think, think they're a good story. I don't see them as that Do you think they're similar dangerous. to Jacksonville? No. Like no. playing with house money? No. I mean, they're playing with house money, yeah. yeah. But like, like we're talking like talent. That team reminds me... I mean, they really remind me of, like, the 2013 Chiefs. Like, really well coached. They ain't that good, though. Like, they're, they're, they've they gritted some games out because they're well coached. Mm-hmm. They ain't that damn good. Like, they once they play, like, a real team. Not into Danny Dimes? No. First off. First <laughs> off. First <laughs> yeah, off. Danny Dimes, You baby. can't give a quarterback a, na- a a nickname that's not good. Unless it's a unless it's a funny nickname like Saquon called him Vanilla Vic. No, he's <laughs> yeah, not. He did. Oh, he's yeah. not. I know he did, but like, no, you can't. He's not good. Like, you gotta get you can't earn a nickname until you're good, unless you're really bad. 
Like and 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 it's a funny nickname that's like a shot at you, like to a turn the ball over, yeah. you know, something like that. Like you can't earn the nickname Danny Dimes. You threw fifteen touchdowns in the season and thirty. He put up nineteen ninety five statistics and he's got the nickname Danny Dimes because no. of what he did this he's last that, weekend. No, no, he's had that nickname for years. Mm, they've been calling him that nick. They've been calling him that name since they drafted him. Like, no, you can't call him Danny Dimes, and he's out here putting up 1995 statistics. He's out here putting up Steve DeBerg and, and Steve Bono statistics. Get the hell out of here with that. This last Saturday, this last game he played in the playoffs, he put up uh, numbers that no one had ever put up before. Oh, I mean, it's cool. Nice. Good job. Like, 300, two touchdowns, 77 yards. Put, uh, Vikings rushing. defense is trash. No, they did get, in fact, the They're Giants bad. got the best team in the draw. Yeah. That of was, anybody that in the playoffs. That was a hell of a draw. Yeah. The Giants were like, we got Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah, we're not playing our starters. We're playing Minnesota they, next week. They doubled J. Jeff the whole game. Yeah. And then, and seriously, and they ran like, the ball. They just, they, 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 they didn't even run the, run the ball that great, but, like, what they did was, like, they were just throwing down the field, and if Everybody was covered. Danny just ran the whole time. That's right. all he did. Like it, seriously, it was like the easiest game plan because the Vikings are terrible on pass defense. Mm-hmm. So they just took advantage of a terrible pass defense and they just gutted them. If you get gutted by the Giants, you're not that good of a team. So you don't think Philadelphia has any trouble on on their matchup? I mean, it's a divisional opponent, so there's going to be some trouble there because you know you know we know how football works, right? We know how the NFL. Well, works. the last time I think they played Philadelphia, smashed them. Yeah, they did because that did. was the game where Hertz took the lead over Mahomes in the MVP race. Right? Yeah. Like so, like I I wouldn't be shocked if it was closer for a while, but like, I mean, let's be honest. So are here. you taking are you taking Giants plus seven and a no, half? Hell no, no. Okay. No, I I think that I think that you just the take Eagles, Eagles money. Line. I think no, I would take the Eagles and the points. Okay, but like I wouldn't be shocked if that game was close. Through like the third quarter, and then AJ shot. Brown just takes over like a boss. Well, Jalen probably takes over. Okay. Jalen and his in his legs because they're probably just going to play deep coverage and and force Jalen to have to like throw it short and run and you know Jalen will run okay. and when he does he'll he'll eat them alive. Uh, the other NFC matchup is Niners Cowboys. Niners are three and a half point favorites. I feel like you have to hammer the 49ers. I think Dallas played their Super Bowl because of everything that was going on in before that game and how much Dak Prescott had to prove to Jerry Jones that he deserves to be the quarterback of that future. But I think Mike McCarthy is out, period, as soon as they lose. I don't think they make the NFC Championship game. I think they do lose to the Niners because I think the Niners are probably going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. The The Niners are the most talented team right now in that in that conference. And it's pretty close with the Eagles because the Eagles have a ton. I mean, they have four guys with double-digit sacks. Yeah. But that Niners team, A, best coach team in the, in the NFC. Okay. And you have so much talent. I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, don't be surprised if Tom Brady is there next year because that team's ready-made to win a championship. So don't be surprised if he's over there playing in the Bay Area next year. I, I, I think they're going to win this one. I Like, the Cowboys just – them beating the, the Buccaneers was not – it wasn't a shocker. I thought the Bucs would win, but, like, the Bucs, their, their time's done. You know, the clock's Brady's struck, time is done. I don't know. Father don't time know. has hit Brady in the face. I, we said that a few years ago. I watched We it. said that a few years ago. When's the last time you saw Brady throw an end zone interception in the playoffs? I don't know, but that was – and that was an awful pick. But, like, <laughs> yeah. we, we thought – we thought he was oh, done yeah. in 2019. Somebody's going to pay his ass. And here's the thing is like, if he goes to San Fran, he doesn't have to throw it deep. He doesn't have to throw it deep. They're just going to throw it short to Debo and Ayuk and, and Kittle. And they're just going to run after the catch. Right. Going to throw it to CMC in the flats. He's going to get 20 yards. So he doesn't have to throw it down the field. And he's got a great defense. So like, I, I think, I think it's great. 
I, seriously, I, I don't think this, I think this will be like an ugly game because defense on, on both sides is pretty good. Yeah. I think it's going to be an ugly game, but yeah, I, I got the 49ers. What, what's the spread? Like four and a half, three and a half, three and a half. They'll cover. They'll cover. Okay. So you have 49ers covering and you have the Eagles covering. Yeah. Um. All right. So then the big game, the big one, Sunday at two o'clock, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Buffalo, a five point. That's favorite. a shocker. That's a five point favorite for Buffalo. Shocker. Um, Vegas knows, man. And I don't know if they know something that we don't know, but I know before that young man collapsed on the field, Cincinnati was rolling. Cincinnati looked like they had him on the ropes. Big time. It was early. That looked like an early KO though. Cincinnati looked like they had him on the ropes. They drove all the way down and scored at ease. Buffalo went down and kicked a field goal. Got a field goal. And then Cincinnati was driving again on the 50. Then the the incident happened. Unfortunate incident happened. Yeah. But like. I'm like you. I think you have to take Cincinnati plus five. Yeah. I think that's a. And and like Vegas obviously wants you to take Cincinnati plus five. Correct. They really want you. Correct. I'm going to tell you this right now. Because everybody's betting the bills right now. Yes. If if Cincy wins, Vegas is going to eat. Because everyone's taking the bills right now. That's why they keep moving that line up. Yeah. I. I, I think I think the Bengals pull this one off. Like the issue with the Bills is the turnovers. Uh-huh. Really bad turnovers. They they struggled against the Dolphins because of turnovers. I don't think that changes. Their defense, I mean, look, they're missing safeties. They they Von Miller's not playing because he tore his ACL. They've got some playmakers on that defense, but like, dude, they they're not going to be able to cover all those receivers for the Bengals. And on top of that, you Josh Allen, for some reason, I don't know what it is, has just some of the dumbest turnovers right now. Uh-huh. And it just feels like a couple of interceptions are going to cost them. It just feels like that. And I think a lot of betters who are putting a lot of money on the bills right now are going to be a little disappointed on, on Sunday. So I, I, I would take the Bengals there. So my final question before we get out of here, do you want to play the bills or do you want to play the Bengals in the AFC championship? Game? I want to play the Bengals at home. That's at home. why that's not, the even main just, not even just at home because I want the chiefs to you, put down the Bengals. You think the time is now I want the chiefs to set the standard because if the Bills lose to the Bengals, as you know, hey, you lost. You can't. Bills fans can't talk anymore because right. they didn't even get back to the championship game. Right. They, they, it'll be the second time, second straight time they lost in the divisional round. Right. I want the Chiefs to get that revenge because mm. we are we already we already beaten the Bills twice in the playoffs. Beat Joe Burrow and send the message to the rest of the AFC that you still own this conference because there's all there's if the Bills. Win on Sunday, and the Chiefs and Bills play, and the Chiefs beat the Bills on on a neutral site. You know what's going to happen next year? Oh well, watch out for the Bengals. Uh-huh. So to me, I would much rather see them face off against the Bengals and right that wrong from a year ago because they should have won that game. Right that wrong from a year ago and send a message to the rest of the conference that you are still the team to beat because right now the Chiefs can't say that because the Bengals have beaten them three times straight. Yeah, they're daddy man. So, yeah, I, I want them to go out there and prove it. 913-586-7610. Who you want to play, Cincinnati, or do you want to play Buffalo? When we come back, top five, who are they, why are they, and can they move after one weekend of the playoffs? The answer is yes. I'll ask you who they are and get your opinion when we come back here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Chris Nocero, Dusty Likens with you. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.